Section 8 of the Rover, Volume 1, Number 19. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The Rover, Volume 1, Number 19, edited by Seber Smith and Lawrence Labrie. Section 8. The Humpback and Green Spectacles. How much of human hostility depends on that circumstance, distance if the most bitter enemies were to come into contact how much their ideas of each other would be chastened and corrected they would mutually amend their erroneous impressions see much to admire and much to imitate in each other and half the animosity that sheds its baneful influence on society would fade away and be forgotten it was one day when i was about seven years old after an unusual bustle in the family mansion and my being arrayed in a black frock much to my inconvenience in the hot month of august that i was told my asthmatic old uncle had gone off like a lamb and that i was heiress of ten thousand per annum this information given with an air of infinite importance made no very great impression upon me at the time and in spite of the circumstance being regularly dwelt on by my french governess at camden house after every heinous misdemeanour i had thought little or nothing on the subject till at the age of eighteen i was called on to bid adieu to levisac and pirouettes and her uncle's will read by my guardian it appears that my father and uncle though brothers had wrangled and jangled through life and that the only subject on which they ever agreed was supporting the dignity of the vavasour family that in a moment of unprecedented unison they had determined that as the title fell to my cousin edgar and the estates to me to keep both united in the family we should marry and it seemed whichever party violated these precious conditions was actually dependent on the other for bread and butter when i first heard of this arrangement i blessed myself and sir edgar cursed himself a passionate overbearing dissolute young man thought i for a husband for the husband of an orphan of a girl who has not a nearer relation than himself in the world who has no father to advise her no mother to support her a professed rake too who will merely view me as an encumbrance on his estate who will think no love no confidence no respect due to me who will insult my feelings deride my sentiments and wither with unkindness the best affections of my nature no i concluded as my constitutional levity returned i have the greatest possible respect for guardians revere their office and tremble at their authority but make myself wretched merely to please them no no i positively cannot think of it well time who is no respecter of persons went on the gentleman was within a few months of being twenty-one and on the day of his attaining age he was to say whether it was his pleasure to fulfil the engagement my opinion i found was not to be asked a titled husband was procured for me and i was to take him and be thankful i was musing on my singular situation when a thought struck me can i not see him and judge of his character unsuspected by himself this is the season when he pays an annual visit to my godmother why not persuade her to let me visit her in cog the idea strange as it was was instantly acted on and a week saw me at vale royale without carriages without horses without servants to all appearance a girl of no pretensions or expectations and avowedly dependent on a distant relation 
to this hour i remember my heart beating audibly as i descended to the dining-room where i was to see for the first time the future arbiter of my fate and i shall never forget my surprise when a pale gentlemanly and rather reserved young man in apparent ill health was introduced to me for the noisy dissolute distracting and distracted baronet preciously have i been hoaxed thought i as after a long and rather interesting conversation with sir edgar i with the other ladies left the room days rolled on in succession chance continually brought us together and prudence began to whisper you had better return home still i lingered till one evening toward the close of a long tete-a-tete -tete conversation on my saying that i never considered money and happiness as synonymous terms and thought it very possible to live on five hundred a year he replied one admission more could you live on it with me you are doubtless acquainted he continued with increasing emotion with my unhappy situation but not perhaps aware that revolting from a union with miss vavasour i have resolved on taking orders and accepting a living from a friend if foregoing more brilliant prospects you would condescend to share my retirement his manner the moment the lovely scene which surrounded us all combined against me and heaven only knows what answer i might have been hurried into had i not got out with a gaiety foreign to my heart i can say nothing to you till you have in person explained your sentiments to miss vavasour nothing positively nothing but why can seeing her again and again he returned ever reconcile me to her manners habits and sentiments or any estates induce me to place at the head of my table a humpbacked bar blue in green spectacles humpbacked yes from her cradle but you colour do you know her intimately she's my most particular friend i sincerely beg your pardon what an unlucky dog i am i hope you're not offended 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 oh no not offended humpback good heavens not the least offended humpback of all things in the world and i involuntarily gave a glance at the glass i had no conception he resumed as soon as he could recollect himself that there was any acquaintance the most intimate i replied and i can assure you that you have been represented to her as the most dissolute passionate awkward ill-disposed young man breathing see your cousin you will find yourself mistaken with her answer you shall have mine and with a ludicrous attempt to smile when i was monstrously inclined to cry i contrived to make my escape we did not meet again for the next morning in no very enviable frame of mind i returned home a few weeks afterward sir edgar came of age the bells were ringing in the breeze the tenants were carousing on the lawn when he drove up to the door my cue was taken with a large pair of green spectacles on my nose in a darkened room i prepared for this tremendous interview after hems and hars innumerable and with confusion the most distressing to himself and the most amusing to me he gave me to understand he could not fulfil the engagement made for him and regretted it had ever been contemplated no no said i in a voice that made him start taking off my green spectacles with a profound courtesy no no it is preposterous to suppose that sir edgar vavasour would ever connect himself with an ill-bred awkward hump-backed girl 
exclamations and explanations, laughter and railleries intermixed with more serious feelings followed. But the result of all was that, that, that we were married. End of section 8